Uh, where does this thing go? This is a picnic table. <laughs> Welcome to No Instructions. Oh man, you stole it. I'm Josh. I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're gonna take this game for one second there. <laughs> That's right. I was just putting the tabletop on the picnic table. I'm gonna do a little little mini review. <laughs> little mini review right now Le of, a, of a single piece of Lego. <laughs> I can tell by your tone this is completely unbiased. <laughs> and ready to go. Well, no, I just happened to motion free. I just happened to notice something. That, oh, okay. Okay, so uh, I'm doing the treehouse. In case you're not watching, I'm still still working on the Lego treehouse, which is actually a fantastic set. And I only have three very small bags left, so three I should be weeks. able to finish this today. <clears throat> well, plus all of the plants. The plants are the thing I wanted to point out. This apparently is the first set to use plant-based plastic for some of the pieces. Mm, is that the, not true? That's not true. The windmill. The windmill. Oh, is okay. The all right. All right. To use the, the new. But this does have them. I guess it's the first time I've seen them. So this green. Is that a sprue? This, that? Yeah, this is the leftover that this mm. was pulled out of. But I was going to show you. I don't know if you've felt these, but they're, there's a different consistency to it. The texture is different. The texture it has like kind of a matte texture versus, mm -hmm. you know, that's the regular green. I like that. Yeah, it's not bad. It. it I mean,. It feels, it has the feeling of a cheaper brand. It, it doesn't feel cheap, but like if you mm. were to pick up a mega block, you'd be like, oh, that's, mm. not, that's not Lego. This kind of has that same uh, textural thing. It's just different. It's just different. But I, I think if you got an entire set of these, you wouldn't know that it was different. You know, it's, I'm looking at it next to a different green. So. And I think the youth of tomorrow may not know the difference. That's true, and uh, apparently, I you know, when my Legos are all glossy and shiny <laughs> and made from dinosaur bones. Apparently, uh, Lego is like one of the biggest producers of plastic in the world. Mm. I think so. A transition is here is a good thing for everybody. Right. So good for them. Also, my dad told me one time that Lego is the largest tire manufacturer yeah. in the world. Yep, that's pretty wild. This is what you define as a tire. Yeah, you would think of yeah. the tires to go in your car, but a a round thing that fits around a wheel and has linear motion. I mean, is a tire. Yeah. I, I mean, I just opened up a package and I've got three of them right here in front of me. Yep. You only have three tires? I know. There's two. I'm sorry. That's a different thing. That's not a tire. That I only have two. Weird. Hmm. Dose. And that concludes my mini review of the new green pieces of Lego. I like that you've been working on that thing for about a month and a half, tiring, and like your review only consists of talking about that one. Well, piece. I, I mean, <laughs> it's the first piece like that that I've gotten to. In this is bag number sixteen. Yeah, sixteen bags in, it's review time. All right, yeah. there's this one piece that I found. This you guys. is a pretty fantastic set, and I think if you were building it with the focus of not trying to talk ab about other stuff while you're building it, it would probably be easier to keep track of but having a conversation about whatever we've talked about and looking through piles of brown to find brown to put yeah. on brown it that's been a little difficult it is a fantastic set all the roof, looks really nice. roofs 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 the roofs come off all of the little huts each hut is a different oh look at that top down cam well oh, i'm going the wrong direction and you look at the little toilet you can look down yeah. in there and there's a bathtub and a toilet and they both have water in the bottom of them that's pretty funny. You put a little poopy in there. <laughs> I got plenty of brown. A little Lego poopy. Um, there's different rooms with different things. There's a bed. <laughs> there's a bedroom with bunk beds. Put that one in there. <laughs> the, little, little rod. <laughs> little brown rod. <laughs> he, he ate something very strange. <laughs> anyway, it's a cool set. 
Uh, pretty expensive set for just somebody to, you know, like for a kid to get. But hey, it's Christmas time, so go for See, it. See, this would be, uh, this is the same when someone gave my oldest son many years ago. I think my dad gave him this big crane, the big Technics crane. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm like, this is so far beyond his scope. I'm like, Perfect. I should just help out. <laughs> yeah, and so that was me Christmas Day. Everybody opened their presents, and everybody was happy, and people were working on dinner, and I just sat there by myself for an hour and a half, maybe, hmm. just putting this thing together. It was glorious. Yeah. I was still in plain sight of all of the activities, so I wasn't a recluse, like, going away and, and hiding in the caves, building Legos. Hmm. I was still somewhat engaged. Fun. I know, right? <laughs> That was my that was my concession. I'm going to open this, but I'm still going to be somewhat visible to you, thereby being almost engaged socially. <laughs> I am I am local. Yeah, this is my concession to everybody to not run away and just build Legos in the cave. So I, I said last week that I got the little gingerbread house set. Yeah, and I've been doing that for the past week or so. At night, I'll just do one bag at a time. It, that's a really nice set, and it's I'm going to buy it. It's really nice to. S- sit down at the end of the night at the table with my wife and we talk about the day and stuff and I just kind of put together a little section. I really like that. I want my kids to put it together. <clears throat> yeah, I think this is one that I could definitely see. We just kind of ran out of time this year with the holidays and everything, but <clears throat> I could see next year us taking that apart and then mm-hmm. working together to put it together as a family before Christmas. I think that would be really cool. Because it's a pretty good size set. There's a lot. Yeah, to there's it. a lot to it. Yeah. There's a lot of little things that people can work on. And the way that they do the snow on the on the roof is uh, pretty cool. It's a combination of there's like little candy pieces, so there's little colored pieces, but then curvy, flat, white snow things. Hmm. Uh, it, it's pretty well done. And then they use the little white piece that's often a tooth. Mm-hmm. As icicles hanging over the edge of the roof and stuff, oh, and yeah. like on the edge of tables. and Seems appropriate. Yeah, there's pretty cool little stuff. Now, as a maker family, <clears throat> do you guys do gingerbread houses? We do. Have you? Okay, so that's We have thing. not done them this year. I have them. I bought them, but we have not had time. I've never made one uh, because I think that it's just like sticky and kind of gross, but I kind of want to make one. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, the gingerbread house, every, not every, but most Christmases, we would go and I would spend Christmas time with my my family in West Virginia. And I would go to the White House to go help set up the Christmas decorations, this big, massive thing. And every year, somebody makes this, like, you know, new record-breaking, whatever, however many pound gingerbread house of the White House. Hmm. And so I would help set that thing up. And I'm like, man, that's a gingerbread house. And so just like the escape room for you, you did that escape room where you were like welding stuff. So the idea of going to an escape room now, so everything seems to pale in comparison. Yeah. So a gingerbread house to me, I'm like, if I can't make something that goes to that mental standard in my head, like that is what a gingerbread house should be. This big, huge four by eight massive thing. It's just like, oh, I just made like a gingerbread shed. But. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of fun, though. Like, last year, we did it for the first time, and we got a set that had, I think we got the same set this year, and it has three small houses, or four, maybe four small houses. And so each kid, you know, it had to be, I don't know, whatever. Each kid got their lone little house that's about this big, and about six or seven inches square. And then Jenny and I did one together. And that was kind of fun, because it's yeah. like, you have the side panels, you have the roof panels, it's just a, a matter of how you choose to glue it together, and then how you want to decorate it. But you glue it with, like, icing. With icing, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, it's not like you're building a house from a bunch of raw materials. Like, you have 
the I basics. I want to build a house. Well, then you could do that. You could get hmm. graham crackers and you know cut them and actually build your house ah. and just use the same stickiness. Ooh. Or don't use stickiness. Use Ooh. hot glue. Hmm. You know what I mean? They have hot glue in all sorts of colors. It doesn't have to be clear. Right. They have like glow in the dark and stuff. Hmm. You could do that. And just you're not going to be able to eat it. But it, honestly, you, okay, that you, is another you thing. could. Do you eat it? Because it seems I, I to like sit on the counter for like a yeah, month. Yeah, I wouldn't. Okay. But you could. Well, I didn't know if that was part of the tradition. Like you make it, it's cute. And then like at a certain time, everybody just consumes their house like some uh, type of monster w- in a movie. That's probably what happens. I imagine that would get Most really... of ours got eaten while we were making it. I, I see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, the kids are like, oh, I'm going to put a single M&M on the roof and then eat the bag. <laughs> Look how how nice it looks. Well, I've seen it in movies, and it's usually like some big, organized, orchestrated thing with like it's craft time, and there's like little bowls of different kind of candy. And I'm like, man, look at all that stuff. Yeah. It seems not wasteful. And this is I'm I know you think I'm a humbug, and this is flat out sounding like one. It seems very wasteful, um, but I didn't know if there was more to it. If it was like, oh, and then on Christmas Eve we all get our jammies on, and we just like. Gnarl down Godzilla style all of our gingerbread houses. Uh, no, I mean we didn't do that, okay. but we, that would be a little more fun if that were we, if that was a thing. I mean, I guess you could do it. you could do it that night so that it wouldn't old. You could build them and then just have dinner them. and then eat them. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like dessert. Mm. Build your dessert. Mm. I you could you actually this world and I could take you out of it. Kind you, of. Thing? You could actually get a Godzilla and stomp the houses and then eat the wreckage. That'd be kind of fun. I can make put it. Put a put a Christmas hat on Godzilla. You could do it. the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. There you go. Not bad. Not bad. Yep. It's on theme. <laughs> kind of. Christmas time <laughs> and edible <Halloween>. monsters. <laughs> See? Yeah, something like that. Well, uh, what else is going on? Then You're about to leave. I'm about to leave. A couple days. So we're going to talk about Star Wars. I think we should. We don't have to, but we're... We do, so... Well, again, I'm a person that you can't spoil anything for, and it seems extremely preemptive that we're talking about spoiling a movie that we have not seen yet, but there has been a surprising amount of pre-release yeah. uh, promotion going on, Yeah, and it seems to be all the videos and posts, they seem to have a theme, like here's friendship or here's something that they're, they're trying to to instill in the, the viewer... Like the feelings that you get from Star Wars as a whole, and maybe how this, maybe scenes in this movie that that personify those, to try to bring in that like that wrap up or that finality to the series. Yeah, I've been afraid to look at them. So, as someone who has not been afraid to look at them, how has all of the extra promotion has it added to the story? Has it added any potential spoilers? I think it's I think it's taken a little bit of the mystery. Not that you really understand anything about the story still. Okay. But I think it's taken a little bit of the mystery out of just, like, I don't know. It, I think it's overflow. I think they could have shown that final trailer and then done a couple of tiny TV spots that were just cut-downs of that trailer. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's been, like, 15 different TV spots with mm-hmm. different footage, and each one has, like, an extra little thing that's never been seen before. Which, And I understand that, but, like, the mystery of... You get a trailer that makes no sense, that doesn't tell you anything, and then you have to wait two months to figure it out. Like, that would, I don't know, that seems very J.J. Abrams to me. Yeah, because it's, that's the fun of it. I mean, that's, I think, why people are going back to the once a week 
streaming shows is mm-hmm. that it gives you a chance to stew on it and come up with, you know, your own theories and kind of make it your own. Yeah. And in a trailer, especially like it's supposed to be intriguing. It's supposed to tantalize. It's, it's yeah. the, uh, the amuse bouche of the movie. Like you only get a little bit and then you got to wait for the final thing. Yeah. So I think they've kind of overdone it a little bit. <clears throat> it also has been interesting, not in a good way or a bad way. Just it's interesting to see how even in the last two movies, the way that the marketing department used things like Instagram, uh, or the, I guess the way that they didn't, anything that they posted was a theatrical uh, style trailer or cut down like a TV spot. Mm-hmm. And so it was like they just took the thing that they were going to be putting on TV and they stuck it on Instagram or they stuck it on Twitter or they stuck it on Facebook or they whatever. And now you can see... There's a big shift in the way just the marketing material that comes out. There is very specific, graphically honed things for Instagram or for Twitter. Good at Yeah, but it's it's a weird shift. And yeah. and on this kind of final step of, like, we've done this marketing for this franchise this one particular way. Well, I mean, like, like everything does it that way. And then all of a sudden on the final chapter, we're going to, like, just change it up and there's going to be this all this graphical treatment where it's been photographic treatment or mm. video you know I don't I don't know if I'm explaining that well but it was just a kind of thing that I noticed like, wow that that video that they're showing looks like a target commercial for the toys rather than ah then you know the, what I mean hmm. so it's, they'd show like a clip of the movie and then like a graphical white wash would come across with like a sharp lines to Outline yeah. Ray and, yep. and it's just like that, that's like, they had the one with the, not little, in the movie that's not a I don't know yeah the little spinny like loading circle and then the lightsaber going through that little spinny loading mm. circle so I think it's kind of that same way like they're they're playing off of social media yeah and then doing a little deeper right in. Yeah, and I mean them. yeah good for them they're doing the thing that they need to do to promote their movie it's just it was a noticeable evolution. For me, and it, I think the thing that's kind of weird is that it's right at the end of this long. Well, it may right at, be right at the end of the advertising, but I think that that is right at the beginning of their <laughs> merchandise promotion. Yeah, that's true. And I think that maybe uh, for their social media team, you know, they, they obviously need to highlight the film. Absolutely, but if they can do that in a way that also allows them to get a foot in the door for the targety type promotional stuff that they can maybe double dip yeah or true. we're in the middle now that they've transitioned from just trailer shots to more trailer into promotion so it doesn't seem as you know so you know dynamic or so dramatic that's mm-hmm. like we left the movie behind now here's toys yeah the i mean i know i talked about the toy thing before as well but it's still surprising to me as big as that movie is as big of a deal as it's going to be for for fans and just for you know economics around movies there are very very few toys i went looking yesterday um and i don't know if it's store specific cuz i remember there's a, a target in louisville that i went to that just like the setup at the store just looked visually nicer a lot more things were mm. engaging and then there's the one we have in town that is kind of not as much so it may be on the management of the store on how to display. I know that, that Lucasfilm or Disney has, like, you put this on an end cap, here is our kit. Yeah. But, like, <clears throat> what more they could do, I, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'm, and that's true, but I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, like, the list of item release 
the, the whole list of things released from Lucasfilm. Like, here's our toy offering yeah. across all retailers, across, you know, the entire season. And I'm like, there's like six Lego sets. Do you think they're gun shy? Possibly. Because I think mm-hmm. in the past they've put out, they've overproduced oh, yeah. toys and then they no, nobody buys them. I mean, which, the, the prequel toys are, I say that the, economically they are worthless. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. they are worth agree. less than they did when they were made. Yeah. They haven't increased in value whatsoever. So I don't know if that is just learning from errors of the past. Yeah, it could be. And I mean, even looking back at the original when the movies came out, you know, I think the first the first set of figures was four. But even past that, kind of the first real set of figures, I think it was like 20-something figures for the first couple of years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like there's ever been... We're going to put out a hundred different characters at the same time and produce millions of each one of them. It's not like that. Except for the prequels. Well, that's true. That's exactly yeah, what they did. That's, and that's that why they, they absolutely flooded the market for a demand that they anticipated. Uh, and then everybody hated the movie and nobody wanted any of those toys. Yeah. And so now you go to the flea market or the thrift store and there's tons of them there. And it kind of makes you laugh because you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody has to still have those somewhere. Yeah. They weren't like smelted back down to use as plastic <laughs> for new toys. Like they nope. should have been. Yeah. yeah they're, they're still they're still there. Oh, there's a fish that goes in this box. I wonder if there's like an asteroid that one day like is careening toward Earth and the powers that be are like, we can shoot the nuke and we can shoot the whatever. And they're like, finally, we can just gather up all those stupid Star Wars toys and put them in a satellite <laughs> to add a little bit of mass and just hurl them at the thing. Hmm. I mean, it's a Star Wars toy. That's true. If there's ever a more appropriate way to use kind of defunct and crap Star Wars toys, <laughs> it's it would be in space. Shooting it into space. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Space garbage. All right, so I finished this bag, although I have a little <clears throat> doodad I didn't find where it goes. Oh, so back to the, the trailery kind of leak stuff. Oh, yeah. So we talked about last week, we talked about we were going to make our predictions. Um, have your predictions been affected by this new stuff that I haven't seen? I don't think so. I mean, because you stopped yourself the other day from saying something for fear that you would like uh, affect me or say something that you shouldn't say. And I don't know what it was. And I kind of want you to say it. I kind of don't remember what it was at this point. There was new information or something that Uh, you saw somewhere. They're like, Oh, this could have an effect. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And you're like, Oh no, I don't want to say it. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wish I did, but I don't. Um, no, I can't. I mean, I have my kind of thoughts, but don't really have a specific. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. Okay. And it's not like I'm like, eh, I'm pretty sure they're going to, you know, turns out that the emperor has been Yoda this whole time. Mm. It's not like that. I, um Man, I wish I could remember what that thing was. Because I do remember being like, oh, that, hmm, that's different. I don't know. They've shown a couple of things. They showed Ray holding the... Okay, you know the, the shot where she and Kylo were killing the Darth Vader mask? Yep. In that shot, she's holding a dagger mm-hmm. in her other hand. Now, in one of the newest TV things, she's holding the dagger up to the camera. So that all the cosplayers can take screenshots. That's so nice of them. Probably. So nice. But it's weird. It's like a dagger made out of all metal, and then sticking out of the little side handguard piece is like a 
like a semicircle or like a quarter circle of like bone looking stuff or something. And she's holding it up like she's looking through it. Hmm. And that seems weird. Um, it seems weird because I'm making a thousand assumptions. So that's my hmm. fault. But assuming she's got this like, oh, this is the knife that's going to take me to show me where the the origin of the Sith is so I can destroy them forever or something. I don't know, something like that. So she holds up this thing, and she's, like, using it to plot a course for the Emperor. Goonie style? Or something. I, I don't, maybe? I don't know. But then I'm like, well, at what point did somebody go, the only way they will ever find us is if we make a knife that has a bone sticking out of it that helps them plot the course to the original thing. You know what I mean? They'll never get it, you guys. It's just, I don't know. So, in Darth Vader Immortal. No, no. There is a bone relic. Hmm. Okay. That you can pick up mm-hmm. and interact with, but it has no bearing on the game. But it is mentioned what it is and where it comes from. Hmm. Uh, again, it has no interaction with the game other than you it, you start off the game like on your ship. You are Captain So-and-So with your snarky robot assistant. Yeah. Um, your character has significance in the game on Mustafar, solely on Mustafar. But in the ship, you can walk around and like pick stuff up. Yeah. There's just trinkets that you have. And one of them happens to be this relic. Okay. That is in this glove type thing and has like exposed bones, like you would see like an old relic in Catholic churches in Europe. And then you pick it up and you kind of look at it because you, you as an inquisitive VR user, are like, what the heck is this thing? And then the robot is like, oh, that's the this thing from this place. Hmm. You remember when we got that? And then that's it. And then you can throw it at her. But um, <laughs> there is a... You, you tested that part of everything that I you sure could did. pick up. <laughs> that's all I do And then you games. can throw it at her. Um, so, it, again, because this, this came out after Disney, theoretically mm-hmm. this game is canon. Yep, it is. There does exist a bone-type relic that is very important to the Jedi. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if they're connected, but you said the bone type thing, which I saw briefly this the shot of what you're talking about. And again, I didn't want to watch it because I just, I'm a week away and I'm trying to work on being patient and I want to have my gasp moment. Um, Your gasp moment? My gasp. Oh, gasp. <clears throat> Got it. Got it. That sounds that. better. Cool. <laughs> but uh, since you just mentioned that. Okay. There, hmm. there is a precedent set in the silly game. Okay. I don't know what it means. It could be completely coincidental. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Do you want me to tell you more about it? No, I don't. Because okay. I... <laughs> it's at the beginning of the game? Yeah. Okay, sure. Spoiler alert, in case anybody is not If you want to play the play. game, it's fun. So you're in the ship. Again, you walk around. There's like a pod racing helmet that someone found, and you can like put it on. There's a little plant thing. But it's it looks like an elbow on and a forearm and a hand sticking up. It's like gilded. It's nice. It's got like jewels and stuff on. It's kind of skinny. And in the the palm, in the hand area, is exposed. And they're like, that's the relic from, I don't remember who, on Jakku. Or not Jakku. Um, Jeddah? Jeddah. Okay. From the whatever temple mm-hmm. that homeboys were guarding. Temple of the Wills? The Wills. That's what it was. Yes. Okay. And so hmm. that thing does exist. Okay. 
Uh, you can smack stuff with it <laughs> and kind of poke things because it's a, a hand. But, again, I don't know if it's connected. I had no significance placed in that thing because, again, it didn't have any kind of value in the gameplay itself. It's just like a thing that you go and just to explore the VR-ness of your environment before the drama of the game actually starts. And I thought it was weird that they just made up something like that. But then you mentioned that. I'm like, ooh. Well. So, do you know the thing about the wills? Do you know what the wills are? Uh, they were the original Jedi who... Nope. No? Okay. That's <laughs> good you stopped me early. They were the uh, a group of people. So they started in one of his original, Lucas's original scripts, and then it got completely written out. Um, and then apparently now it's kind of being written back in through Rogue One and through that mm-hmm. piece. But they are a an ancient people who are... Uh, historians basically and they they catalog history and so they are the ones who have written down the history of the jedi and one of the theories is that you're going to get to the end of rise of skywalker and i think we've talked about this before and it's r2d2 recounting this entire story to a writer of the wills and that's why R2-D2 looks like the hero, and that's why he always gets to destroy what? stuff and always blow everything up and always survive through all the things because he's telling this entire thing to someone to write it down so that the history of the Skywalker family is written down in the Journal of the Wills. But are the will? that's assuming that the Wills are still around then somewhere else. Yeah. Obviously not on Jetta. Jetta got blowed up. Right. Huh. Okay, because I thought where you were going with that, that it was like, it was a dream the whole time kind of thing. That like R2 was telling somebody, because it takes place in a galaxy a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So if we're finally reaching the not so long time ago to the now time. So it's like. Chronologically. So it's like R2 telling Fred Savage the history of the thing. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going for. He's like, he how says, disappointed would you be? Princess Buttercup in beep boop language. <laughs> how would you, how disappointed would you be if the last shot was R2-D2 sitting next to the bed of a deep faked Fred Savage kid and he's telling him this entire story and, and then Fred Savage is like, I, I wasn't crying or whatever. I don't remember what he said. You don't have to skip the gross parts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can, you can keep reading if you want to. That would be crazy. I would probably be really upset about that. <laughs> but there is one theory that and it's a long-running theory. This is not a new thing. That hmm. R2-D2 is telling this whole story. Because originally, that was Lucas's plan. Hmm. And so part of the thing is now is people are expecting him to have kind of come back around uh, to that, uh, Abrams, to come back around to that idea and wrap up this whole thing as a way to you know, kind of touch back to the very beginning. Problem I, I have with that, that, the problem I have with that is that there is a significant period of time where R2 was not engaged. Right. And so how could he tell the story of, I mean, I guess maybe he learned they're, it after They're all the in the shared network and they have access to the share drive. And so he was able to get <laughs> BB. But if that's recount. the case, then what? It, then it wouldn't be his story. It would be somebody else's story or the cu- accumulation of everyone's story. Well, I mean, I don't like this idea, but just playing as a back and forth. Um, he could be the author of a story and it not be about him. He's just telling that whole story. But it obviously future. is about him. Well, he's a, a key member because... He's a he's a necessary part of the entire Absolutely. Thing. So I think he, if he is telling it, he would be putting himself in like a, 
Oh yeah, well then I got uh, rockets and I used the rockets That's to light. Some pretty much oil what is on. happening. Exactly. Yeah. So it kind of makes a lot of sense that he would be. But that's young R2 being very vain and being very immature mm. and telling all about the cool stuff he did. And then eventually it's more than him. And so he starts to tell the story of everybody else and not just his rocket boots and how he squirted oil at the Super Battle Droids because that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that, but that is one of the. I don't know either. I don't things. want it to be about R2 because that's R2's character. It's not about him. That's the Another, that's the personification that I have with this droid. Is it, it I allow it to mirror my own personality, and that's why he's my favorite character. But if it turned out that it was all about him, or if he were the focus or the storyteller the whole time, that is contrary to that thing that I don't want. And so I'm going to pitch fit, but because <laughs> I'm a Star Wars fanboy, and that's what you do. But I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible. But I mean. I don't know. I, I'm not entirely crazy about it. Another option, instead of him recounting this to someone writing down the wills or the wills writing down their journal, it's him telling this entire thing back to C-3PO because C-3PO gave up his memory mm-hmm. to save the day. And Again, so, well, at the end of this I think he would movie, have done that already, right? Because uh, he gave up. The story's not over, right? So maybe mm-hmm. maybe you get to the end of this one. All of our main characters are dead or flown off or what? I don't know, whatever. The Emperor's gone for good. All he's is the only one left. And, you know, to make that happen, C-3PO wipes his memory, becomes the Death Star so that he can track down the body of the Emperor or something. That's one of my theories. Mm-hmm. And so he wipes himself out to interface with the wreckage of the Death Star to figure out what secrets were in the Death Star that the Emperor had to preserve his own life that nobody else knew about. I like that. So if that's the case, then all is done, movie's wrapped up, and R2's sitting here being like, okay, and then you called me a this because you didn't like sand. And then mm-hmm. we did this thing, and you always complained about going on spaceships because you like thought a, it was a blah, blah, blah. notebook-style moment? Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Where 3PO has, like, one of his red eyes, like, plucked out and is all rusty. <laughs> Tell me that time again, old friend. And you're just like, beep, boop, beep. You were whiny and no one really liked you. Beep, boop. And then you decide to do that thing in that ninth movie. Yeah. Remember that time you swapped heads with the battle droid? Yeah. <laughs> and they shot you and then you became a backpack for a little while. That was fun. <laughs> and then you were such an ancillary character that you came in with a wardrobe change. No one cared. That's right. And then you're really big in the trailer and people got high hopes for you. Beep, boop. But now you're here in the retirement <laughs> scrapyard. And I have to tell you this story every time I come here. Yep, over and over. I have to relive this hell. You don't think about the guy in the notebook. You only think about the lady. <laughs> Beep boop. <laughs> Beep boop. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about any of those ideas about R2. But I, I mean, I could see that, you know, a good storyteller making that work somehow. I, I couldn't make it work. But I'm sure I have confidence in well, there Abrams, is, so. there's the hopeful part of me that, I mean, in the last trilogy, R2-D2 has to have his redemption moment. Redemption from what? His redemption from inaction. In the hero story that is all of these people's character arcs, you, the directors and the, the newest trilogy have put R2-D2 as planned obsolescence. 
You have not given him the things that he is crucial at doing over the entire story saga. Uh, he is a clutch player. He is the person who is always there, the person, the the droid, the entity that is always there when you have no other options. R2 will be there to pull out one of the magic little wands out of his, his droid belly and, and save the day. But you're like, the... The explanation was like, oh, he's in power save mode because he's like robot sad. Like, no, you don't do that. Like Superman, Superman went to the Fortress of Solitude to kind of sulk because of a reason. And then boom, he came back to be Superman again. Yeah, but you don't R2, go there just because he's like, well, but R2 did too. Tired. Not really. He did. He woke up and was like, oh, yeah, I've had this thing the whole time. That's not heroic. He didn't figure anything out. He didn't show any bravery. He didn't like overcome obstacles. He literally like woke up from a nap and was like, "Yeah, there's there's a map." So you don't think that Luke had anything to do with his sleepy time? I don't know. I do, but I think if I mean, I that were an explanation, if that were highlighted, that would be part of that redemption story. That he was that way for a reason. It was calculated. He came back to save the day, even though he. It's not like he fell from grace. It's not like he decided. That the resistance was just like in the wrong mindset and a bunch of whiny millennials. And you know what? I really just want to go back to fixing spaceships. The first order's got the dopest spaceship, so uh, check you later. He just sat there and did nothing and let BB 8, the, the newer, younger version, pretty much just like show him up in all the, well, the last two movies. I think and, that's an important thing. And that right there, what you just said, is, is like a, a, a you zoom that out to fandom. That's the problem. The problem? You're the problem, Josh. I'm the problem? You just said you were disappointed that R2-D2 got replaced in, in action by BB-8. No, I'm anticipating. Not, not, that's what you said. That's what you said. Read back line, line five. <laughs> he stepped aside so that a younger generation could come in and do the, the action of But the you're movie. assuming stepped aside is a conscious <clears throat> choice. I think it was. We don't know that. I think it was. I think that Luke, in his, like, I'm on my way out, said, in case... You ever need me? Here's the key to the map of where I'll be. Don't okay. give it to anybody. Done. Don't sh- don't tell anybody unless it is an absolute. You know, all is going to be lost. Okie dokie. I have a track record of holding <laughs> on to extremely sensitive information against all odds and delivering it at the exact appropriate time. I'm R two D two. I am the perfect entity to do this without having to go into hibernation the entire movie. Hmm. He but had I, the redemption when he, he brought Luke back in on uh, Last uh, Last Jedi. That made me cry. It was so dumb that that little moment made me cry. That I'm like, he he got to wake up from his, like, I'm almost out the door. My, my space batteries are almost drained. But the one last thing I can do is I can make you remember. And I can make you believe. Which is going to lead to action. Which is going to then potentially save the resistance because of the time you got to ghost fight Kylo Ren. Hooray. He had his like his little moment. But if that moment in the trilogy as we know so far is to to do nothing and oh yeah, here's your map. And then like uh kind of like Yoda did. Yoda said the the whispers there is another and then left. Like I don't want that to be his his Yoda moment. Oh, I don't think that's it. I don't think I don't think R2 is done. I, I hope think he, not. I, I think, think that a, as a as a story, he could be, but it would have to be like he's he's 
breaking through the rust in the joints and his motivator is cracking and he's like reaching for the button that does the thing and you're like I'm not done yet boom like that's what I want for that character but again I'm not the director and I'm not I, I probably will whine let's be honest <laughs> but with R2 as much as I particularly one of the bajillions of Star Wars characters relate to that character it made me sad <clears throat> and hooray for bb8 bb8 actually kills people he took being a droid to a whole nother level gonna take an atst and just mm -hmm. straight up laser beam folks when i think r2 had the more macgyver stance rather than the you know what let's just blow them all up stance whatever and then there's there's do there's the new little droid mm-hmm and I, it's weird that I'm, like, thinking of this in, like, weird, dramatic actor-type thing where it's like, oh, the new generation is here to upstage me and take my place. Like, I don't know what that little thing's role is going to be. I don't know what sounds he makes. I don't even... I, I know nothing. But in Last Jedi, they had the black version of BB-8 that was marketed. BB-9E. That was like, oh, man, there's a bad version. He was in the movie for, like, two seconds. Yeah. I don't imagine Dio would be the same thing. I don't know, but... There's a lot of cuteness vying for screen time. And I think R2 is past that point of cuteness and into the point of, like, last action hero. Hmm. He's John Wayne in his last couple movies. Like, he's, he's the true grit. Yeah, I could see that. But, I mean, everybody has to go out, right? These characters can't last forever, as we've seen with the Agreed. Luke and Han and mm -hmm. Leia now. And, and I think... It's very possible that R2, his prime is gone. I mean, I'm talking about in the story. Yeah. Like, that his prime is is over. He's past the point of being useful uh, outside of, like, a small group of people that just, like, know his history and know how he, you know, and can lean on him and stuff. But if you think about, like, the influx of new characters, they're all bringing in their own history into that little story, right? So R2's history is through Luke, is through Anakin... And they're both gone. They're out of it. Mm -hmm. They are no more. And C-3PO, he kind of like always sticks around with C-3PO, but that's not how he got into the story, right? He wasn't brought in through Ray or through Poe, but that's where BB-8 came from. And that's where right. Dio's going to come from. They're right. going to come from like helping, being the helper to these new characters. And so if you have the new characters come in, bringing their own helpers, the previous generation is not the focus anymore whether we like it or not. Understood. You know? I, and I, I agree with that. <coughs> Begrudgingly, I agree with that. <laughs> but then, story-wise, they would need the... This is weird. We're having like an entire story just about the droids and not about any of the actual human characters. Uh, you need the, the Yoda or the Obi-Wan, that sage-like mentor in, in the hero story. And so R2 is primed to either be that and then have that triumphant moment that pushes the story along. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm hoping because if that, the hopelessness that he had in the first movie or pretty much the complete inaction, if that was planned, great. You're making me feel some kind of way and I'm dipping down into the sadness trough of that story in this overall saga. Kind of had a, a redemption moment in the second one. Then if he's going to go out, which unfortunately I agree with you, he has to go out like R2-D2. Oh, yeah. 
I don't think they would just like put him in a corner and then like forget to like handle him with the story. I they have a ton of stuff to wrap up, right? They have all these legacy characters. They have all these new characters, which are not coming back to the movies. They're not doing any more stuff after this. Ray and Finn, and is that what you mean? Yeah, like all that. Like they're done. They're done. Done. How'd you know that? I mean, they publicly said like this is their last Star Wars thing. Oh wow! So they're wrapping up everything. They're not wrapping up just Luke. Just Luke and yeah. his family. It's they're finishing all of this stuff. Wow! I don't know how they. I don't know how they. I don't know how they can do that in a single viewing of something and not completely destroy like I they could do that if the emperor was like oh yeah well you didn't know about my nuclear atomic burp power and then it's all gone hmm. like star wars is over he spent this entire time trying to perfect not the bringing people back to life but how to just destroy it all the destroy Thanos it all or yeah. and then that's when so if they did that that would be like that's stupid. when the, the monkey on 2001 Shows up and just watches that little blip flash in the sky. And then looks away. Yeah. And looks away. Yeah. So, I mean, if they did that, you could wrap it all up in a really stupid, terrible way that nobody would be happy with. But they're not going to do something like that. So, how do you wrap up all of the story, all of these individual character arcs, and still be at a point at the very last frame of the movie that, like, Star Wars can go on into the future? Not into the past, not into prequels, not into side missions. How can it go forward? What's left at the end of the movie? Mm. And so to do that, they can't spend time on every single character getting a, and then Poe decided to become a plumber and live on Gavin for the rest of his blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So because of that, the the older generation, the legacy characters like R2 are not going to get the award ceremony. Probably. They're not going to, you know what I mean? In the New Hope, you've got wrap up for the four main characters on stage together it's done. Everybody lived. They got awards. Smiles. Oh, I think you can't do that, that, right? You can't do that because at the end, there's too many of those to do. That you got like you'd have to show ten funerals and then two award ceremonies and then like retirement or one funeral. Yeah, for a ship full of very important friends that all looked at each other and made the decision to, to fly into the Death Star to, to kill fly the into the Death Star to kill the Emperor yep. and the Millennium Falcon. Yep. Dang. <laughs> we just went to a dark place. It's it's I'm not saying everybody's gonna die. No, they but have I think, to. But the Falcon will be gone. The major characters, all legacy characters, will be gone. There's nothing to carry on. Except maybe Chewbacca, R2D2, BB8. The 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 actorless go. the actorless Actually, I think Chewie probably will be the one. If if there were a single character to go, it would be Chewie. But I think it'll be more than that. Um, it, the faceless human, non-human characters could easily be carried and spun off and carried over into future stuff. But it, it, that feels very, like, fan servicey and just, like, Chewbacca, the continuing adventures, you know? Like, I don't think they would do something like that. I agree. But all the humans are gone. This is it. So... Not that they all necessarily have to die at the end of it, but you have to be able to walk away from Poe forever and Ray forever. Like, how do you do that with okay. know, 10 major names that you know or whatever it is? Ray and Kylo are on the thing fighting the epic battle, fighting the fight. Fighting there's, the fight. There's the spaceship scene where you see the ghost, you possibly see the Mandalorian ship, that, mm-hmm. that scene in the trailer. Yeah. So there's an epic space battle going on. 
bunch of stuff going down. You got Lando. You've got Chewie in the cockpit. There's room for two more people. Mm-hmm. You got Poe and Finn. Or Finn is on his his other like horseback riding special ops mission. So you've got Poe, three PO, R two, BB eight, whoever else like in the Millennium Falcon fighting the the big space battle. The shields are down. They're taking fire from a bunch of places. They they see where they have to to go to annihilate the the big bad the thing. And they're they're limping across. Everything looks dire. They're like, we have to get there. And then they're like, all right, well, they they line up the gunships. Finn has to look at his TIE fighter buddies in the face, and his thing jams. It doesn't work. R2 is kind of busted up for whatever reason. He reaches out his little space probe and is fixing the Millennium Falcon, and then they all stop and realize that they have to do what they have to do. And then they all kind of give each other that look. And they're like, this is what has to happen. And then R2 goes, fixes the thing. Boom. They blow up the thing. Save the day. They did All that, of them come to completion together. But they kind of did that in the last movie. And not with the major characters. But they said, like, well, the only way to save the day is to run this ship right into that ship. And Haldo stepped up and did the thing. And I thought that was an awesome so did I. sequence. It was visually mm-hmm. amazing. It was a good step for the story. But I don't think they would do that again. Hmm. You know what I mean? Dance self-destruct mode. They get captured. Mm. They get pulled into the matte painting. Hmm. I don't know. But so, man, I just saw that in my head and it made me sad. So my thing about Lando... I have a, an expectation that we are going to see very little Lando, and his only purpose is as a tactician. That they're going to go find him because we need the rebellion needs friends. We're going to mm-hmm. go to his planet, which is Asana, I think, is what it's called, and we're going to go find him. We're going to come on. You got to come back with us. Hop onto our ship, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't been on this thing in a long time." Look, where's all my space capes? <laughs> and he gets on, and they're like. Oh, this is your ship. I forgot about that. You want to fly it back to the rebellion? He's like, yeah, sure. And he goes into hyperspace. Woohoo! And then they get to the thing, and they have the big meeting. And he's sitting there, tells everybody, this is what we have to do. This is the only way to save the rebellion. And scene. Mm. I think that's his purpose. Well, they show him, like, yippee, hip, and holler. And, and yeah, that's like, oh, okay. let's go back to the base. Oh, I forgot this thing had hyperdrive. What did you guys do to my ship? They like, got to do Yahoo! that. Where's, where's my escape pod? Yeah. I had all my Pokemon cards in there. <laughs> so I think that's about all we're going to get out of him. The stuff with Leia has got to be pretty small because they are working off old footage. Yep. They had to shoehorn that in, which apparently I've heard from a couple of different sources that say they did an amazing job making it look natural. Hmm. And like they got a lot more story out of um, the footage that they had than they were expecting they could. Well, so good for them. That's cool. But... There's also, uh, in some of the newer footage, there's a shot of Poe and Chewie and Finn flying the Falcon by itself. Okay. And they just about fly into the mouth of this giant monster, which is kind of crazy. And it's all green. Like, the atmosphere is all green and stuff. So there's that. There's a a shot somewhere of Ray flying it, a shot of Lando flying it. So the Falcon's going to get a lot of flight time with multiple sets of people inside of it. Um, I also think... Then it becomes an idol and it has to be destroyed. <laughs> I mean, in, in the sure. Star Wars saga, like it becomes a thing everybody relies on and everybody loves that it's there and it's all dependable and it, that means it has to go. Yeah. 
Because then you're emotionally attached to it. Yeah. Um, if anything about watching ER for the, what, 14 seasons that we've been <clears> watching, <throat> as soon as you really start to enjoy something, they're going to kill it. Or yeah. Something horrible yeah. is going to happen to it. Yeah, that's a Game of Thrones thing, too. Um, uh, there's another theory about a time jump. And I was kind of wondering about this. You mentioned this before. And then I saw it again. There could very easily, and it would make a lot of sense, if there was a time jump inside the movie. Not between the movies, which is what typically happens. Oh, in, for wow. Oh, like... In the movie. Mm. So, and I, I could totally see this. That whole training sequence is like a year later. Right? So, Rebellion, is movie starts. Rebellion has rebuilt a little bit. We were like starting to get some people together. We found some an old garage full of ships, and you know, cool. And Ray's like, I gotta go learn how to be a Jedi. So she goes off by herself, and she starts training. And then she stumbles across old bony knife or something, mm-hmm. and says, I need to go on this mission to find the original Jedi elbow, whatever it is. Yep. So she goes and her, does her thing, and then it turns into a Luke scenario where they're like, she never came back. We lost our one Jedi teacher who was going to rebuild this whole thing. Time jump ahead. First Order's pulling in. They're about to make the big push to kill the Rebellion forever. And Rey shows up. And she's like, I went looking for Jedi, blah, blah, blah. But I found the Emperor. (laughs) I found my wallet. (laughs) But she finds the Emperor instead. And somehow miraculously got away. And then so she's like, now we've got battles on two fronts. We've got to fight the First Order, and we've got to fight the Emperor who's closing in with his new... And so she's flying the Falcon in one space-time, and then the other body yeah. flying. Mm. Yeah. Those battles mm. may even happen at different times. Like the battle mm. with the First Order could happen, right. and then there's a time jump. Or... I don't know. But I think there's a time jump. I think, there's, I think they're conf- intentionally confusing the footage to make it look like... We've got, like, a whole bunch of condensed fighting, because obviously that's visually the most interesting stuff to show in a trailer. Right. But, but there's they're at not least, happening concurrently. There's at, at least three different Ray and Kylo lightsaber fights shown in the trailers. Mm, yes. Separate locations. One on the water, one in the white room. And then um, the one, like, in the where the big emperor chair, that blue-black lightning world. Mm-hmm. There's one happening there, too. Not necessarily against each other, but they both have their lightsabers out. So, yeah, I think a time jump's going to be a big part of it. I think if they... If you can't repeat going light speed into somebody, which I could try to make the case that Poe saw that and maybe never even thought of that as a tactic, and goes, well, the only thing we have left on the Falcon is the, the hyperdrive. And he goes, that's it. That's mm. what we have to do, because he learned. I learned from Holdo. If that can't be a thing because they did it too too soon, then I think time travel, just like in Endgame, like... Really? Time travel? That's what you're saying. No, no, no. I'm saying time jump. Like Define time jump. Like we skip, like you show today, and then there's a some text that comes up to the screen that says, like, five years later. Oh. We skip mm. ahead, or we skip... Not that the movie is, like, two days' worth of continuous life. Gotcha, because I remember we talked about, like, there's 
in Rebels, some Jedi lore that you could manipulate space and time. I thought that's what you were kind of continuing on with. Oh, yeah, that, I mean, that could be part of it, too. That that could get around the whole time jump thing that there's that they get into that network, that force network or whatever it's called, and kind of pop in and out of different times, which actually would be kind of cool. It would be super confusing for people that didn't understand that, like where that story came from. Yeah. But for Ray to be able to jump in and out of the the Skywalker timeline to interact with things, that'd be pretty wild. Or for the Emperor to do that, like they're chasing him through. It'd be like, you know, a big house uh, hallway with a whole bunch of doors, and like he goes in one on the left and then comes out one on the right. It's like, like that kind of where thing. Where in time is yeah. Carmen? Uh, <laughs> Palpatine. Palpatine. Old Chief Palpatine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm really excited about it, and it's like right around the corner. It's next week. Yes. One week from today. That's wild. Wild, yeah. wild, wild. Your tickets are for next Friday, right? Yes. Okay. And so I wanted to say this. I thought about this morning, and this is this is to you. Okay. This is to Anthony. This is to everybody listening. I'm going to see your opinion of me in this next statement. So. This is to everyone. Okay. Family included. Okay. Kids. Everybody. If you spoil this movie for me in any way, shape, or form, you are absolutely, irrevocably completely banned from all I like to make stuff stuff for the wow. rest of time. <laughs> I'm mostly joking, but not entirely. No, I was thinking about that. I am, we're going to be in Florida and, and um, I am going to have to actively keep my phone, you know, just like put it away. Not, it's going to be really hard for that, like, 24 hours right there to... I to, say you, you like, take an alternate stance, and as soon as you <clears> get <throat> to Rise of Skywalker, you just start throwing out, like, you guys, this just opened up today, where this happens. And you just yeah. throw off completely, <laughs> like, out-of-left-field theories that just make people go, what? Hold on. What? No. <laughs> I, had- I was talking to R2-D2, and literally these people came up and go, R2's dead. You're never going to see him again. And they wheeled him away. I cried. <laughs> They didn't show any of the pod racing in the trailer, but it was everywhere. See, I thought the pod racing was going to happen in the last movie. Really? On Yeah, on Cancel Bite. Oh. When they were yeah, like, oh, they do the sense. racing. I'm like, oh, God, they're bringing back pod racing. And then they had the space horses. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean, it, even in this one, in the trailer, there's that one, like, which I think is Asana is the name of the planet, but it's, they're on, like, the skiff kind of things, yeah. and there's, like, the... Stormtrooper bikes. I mean, that easily they could can be. Fly. That yeah, that could easily be. You know, they had to chase somebody into the pod racing festival. And yeah, because they the do go part. over like the hill and they see they're like yeah. colorful. It looks like a party or yeah. some sort of festival or something. They're doing a color run for lupus. <laughs> Intergalactic for, color for run. Space lupus. <laughs> space lupus. It's the worst kind of lupus. Mm. Okay, so we're we're like almost an hour in. Brief rundown of characters. Of okay. what you think is going to happen. It can be real, can be funny, doesn't matter. Okay. Poe. The last frame of the movie, where's Poe? I think they're going to try to peg Poe as a hero. If he doesn't, I'm going to default back to my everybody is on the Falcon. They all give each other the sad nod, and then they just blow up or plow into, or everybody in the one vessel dies all in one time. So who would be left if that, was, if that happens? Maybe Ray. Really? Maybe Ray or Kylo. I think Ray will die. Okay. 
Pretty Everybody, cool. but maybe the two of them because they seem to be geographically separated. Or the Falcon will smash into the thing that they are on because she and Kylo together force told them to. And so it's just like one <laughs> massive collaborative suicide effort to save the day. Wow. So that's I'm going to default to that. Okay. So if not that, then uh, Poe learns his lesson and becomes the sage old kind of general and tries to teach a younger, cockier squadron of hymns to be patient and learn and trust the force. That's what I think. Yeah, I think he's going to end up being the uh, the Han Solo. But the, or hopefully he will learn from his arrogant mistakes. Yeah, the anti-Han Solo where he came back around, is humbled and seasoned, and yeah. now is in charge. Not ruining everything. Yeah. Um, okay, Finn. Uh, I think Finn, it goes back to previously, I think Finn... If we don't get holistic completion of the First Order or the Empire, whatever it happens to be in this movie, um, then I think he will stand up and go like, it's all right, we're going to go start the campaign to like make the Stormtroopers change sides. Like some, some process they're going to start to go work with. Or if it does start to crumble down, he's going to go, we have all of these warriors. We have to like go help them see that there is more to life than just killing a bunch of stuff. Hmm. So uh, like a, a reemployment nonprofit that he's going to start to try to help uh, <laughs> veterans. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. First order veterans. Hmm. Um, I think he's going to die. I kind of hope this sounds terrible. <laughs> I hope he dies. And I don't mean I don't that from like, a, mean that I hate the character does. that he's terrible, that I want anything bad to happen to him. It's not like that, but I, his character has just not done anything productive and not done and by on purpose, sorry. And I just, I, he needs to have like a, an intentional, I'm saving somebody because I decided to do the right thing because I wanted to step forward and sacrifice myself so that somebody else can go on and do better. I get that. He needs that. I because, thought that moment was going to happen in the last one and it didn't. Yeah. And I kind of felt bad for him that they, not that they took that moment away from him, but they kind of did. Yeah, they kind of did. So, yeah, I kind of hope he gets a... Uh, a hero's death? A hero's death, yeah. Uh, R2-D2? I don't know. As I, I think R2 is going to save the day, sacrifice himself so that the story can continue. It's going to look its most bleak. All is hopeless. R2 comes, does the thing that everybody needs, rallies it all, and that's when the tide turns in favor of the good guys. R2 saves the day in the clutch moment because that's what he does. Um, Kylo. Um, hmm. I don't know. I think that, hmm, that's the one. I, that's why I really like his character is because I have no idea where his character can go. He's a very complex character. I think Adam Driver does a great job um, hiding kind of intentions. Mm-hmm. That's the the big mystery to me. I don't know. Out of all of these weird little fanboy theories, I have purposely like not tried to think about Kylo Ren because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I think it's redemption and death. Redemption and death. Yep. Wow, we're dark with this movie. I, this is supposed to be the darkest Star Wars Everybody movie. There's been. Dies. But I think uh, it's, no one really lives. It's the <laughs> it's the way to wrap everybody up to Except give the them way. a to a. 
a, you, you do the right thing, you get to the right side, you do the terrible thing, and you deserve it, whatever, but then you die. And I'm not saying everybody's going to die, but I think that is a single way Because this to, movie is a Christian allegory? <laughs> he gets his, his deathbed redemption? That's what you're saying? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. Oh, I ran out of pieces. What did I do wrong here? Um, what? 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 <laughs> Wait a second. What happened here? What? I, I, I don't know. Okay, what do you think? Uh, so he dies. He gets the I think he redemption dies. and dies. Yeah, I think so. Okay. With Ray, as they're like clutched yeah, fists? Yeah, I think, I think the two of them... Like they're on the Titanic? I think they eventually get to where they understand that the extreme lights and darks of the whole Jedi Sith thing have been the problem all along. That balance, that working together, that being aware of all things is this kind of central way to have peace. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they're going to get something, something like that. And they realize that the two of them bringing in their light and their dark sides together to defeat the evil will somehow leave a balance. And so they're both going to kind of, we got to bring our stuff together then, from opposite directions to do the thing so that everybody, the world, the universe can survive. Then does that moment <clears throat> manifest a spiritual or floating orb type thing that exists, or is it the idea? I think it's the idea. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Because remember I was talking about the whole balance as a third thing mm-hmm. in the, the Force world. Um, I read some more about that recently, and I can't remember where I saw it now. But it is a, it is a canonical thing. That's a fun word. I like that. Canonical. Yeah. I know what it means. It's a fun not, word. Not conical, shaped like a cone. Mm-hmm. Canonical, shaped like a cannon. Um, yeah, so I think, okay. So I think they're both going to die as, a, as an effort to bring balance. Because okay. I think that's both of their purpose. At least Ray's. What characters in the last frame of the movie? Ooh. There probably will be more than one. See, I was going to say more. a little kid. But they did that already. R2-D2. Mark in my words, R2-D2 will be in the last round. See, this is when we need the bingo game. Not to bring it to the movie. Just to check in. We would we would write it, and yeah. in the next episode, that's what we could do. I think we could fill it out based on our predictions, and then we'll, when we do the spoiler cast, we'll go back and check off all the little bingo dots on our bingo sheet that we write it. What happens during the movie being the bingo numbers. Hmm. Okay, so R2 is the last character. Hmm. Who's the last character? Leia. Really? Leia. Because Leia lives on. She can't live forever. You don't know when she's going to die. No, but... But She lives on in her heart. (laughs) But R2 could live on forever. Theoretically, but they've pretty much pegged him that he's on an insured diet, watching (laughs) Price is Right most of the time. Which sounds pretty great, by the way. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think I think Leia would be fun. I think huh. those hugging scenes, she's not around much of it all until you are just a wreck of emotions, and then they put a Leia on top, and then you just freaking lose it. <laughs> you are done. Well, and then if that's the case, then those hugging shots are at the end with yep. Rey, which yep. means she survives. Well, unless she falls in Sarlacc pit. So it's like a hug, and then she turns like, around and trips <laughs> over a rock and like breaks her neck. Whoopsies! Uh, yeah, I would say ooh, that Leia in the last scene. 
Leia and R2? Waving solemnly? Like C-3PO walks up. Is it Space Ghost in the okay, last? Oh, man. C- <laughs> no, I hope they don't do that. Like Force Ghost. <laughs> Anakin and- shows up and then they just kind of like move in front of it. I, no, the last shot is C-3PO walking across the thing with his arms all being goofy. R2-D2 R2-D2 runs up again? And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, oh, I'm so glad we all survived. Everything is good. And then R2-D2 runs into him, knocks him over, and he gets all like, oh, I'm going to fall. And Leia walks up and just kind of shoves him off a cliff and then puts her hand on top of R2 and like, ah, big smiles of the camera. Credits. <laughs> like, nobody ever liked him. And they just wrap him up. <laughs> oh, man. Leia. Okay. Leia bends down and give an R2 a little boop. Oh, oh my god. It made me cry right oh now. Oh my god, that hurts my heart so much. Like they have to do that. They do. That oh, has man. to be shot somewhere. Yeah. Well, but they would have had to shoot that when she was alive. But yeah. Oh. Oh. But they Did, did you watch say- the YouTube video of what we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> But they did say that they were going to use the footage and not do CG, but they could do body double stuff. Uh-huh. Like so, they could have done that. Yeah, because so, she never met. Well, she did meet R two, but they did not have that welcome. I don't know how long R two has been sitting there as just a piece of like battle stock, like laying yeah. in flyable storage while she's running around being a general. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that would be a pretty fantastic final scene right there. Dang it, man. <laughs> that uh, probably will be the final scene uh-huh. too cuz I mean think of a you couldn't think of a better way to wrap up to pull it pull it all the way back around than she goes, yeah. We did it. And hmm. boop. Or she leans down to him and he spits out the little card that he had this whole time with the death He just kept it in there the whole yeah. time. Or like some oil that he had from, or like mud from Dagobah, just like splashes it on her face. Uh, sorry. Hey, boop. My bad. He's like, she leans down and she's like, good job. We survived and everybody lived. And then he just spits mud in her face and be like, I was on a ship and you started this whole thing. You made me go to a desert planet. And it's just like bleep bloops forever and ever. He's just cursing her out. Yeah. And it's just like. I was two days from retirement. <laughs> it's blacked out subtitles at the bottom for just like five minutes. Naboo had a great pension for Astromech, <laughs> and you took that away from me. Think about Delilah, my Astromech wife. She's married to a Gungan now. Delilah? <laughs> I've been out with you this whole time. R2 Delilah. <laughs> anyway, I think we've pretty much figured out the whole movie. Yeah. So, for everybody listening, you don't have to go see it. You Bingo. Know, you know we win. Happen. <laughs> All right. Um... We're, we're taking a break after this show for a couple of weeks, probably, for Christmas and for relaxation and stuff. Um, you got any big plans for that break, that time? We are having our annual, annual, <laughs> animal. Animal, our annual Christmas party at our house with a bunch of friends. We are staying here. Um, I have to go take care of some family stuff this weekend that I'm not really keen on doing. We had a death mm-hmm. in the family, so I'm going to be leaving now. So, or pretty close to in an hour or so. So I will have to say bye to you. So you will have an amazing vacation. I hope that I I want to live vicariously through you, but I encourage you 
don't record or Instagram or do any yeah. of that stuff, I'm man. Take this completely recharge in the moment. Yeah. Like we've got the fort held down. We can come. We've got a bunch of stuff that we can slow leak on socials. Take this time and flat out enjoy it. Yeah. I'm planning on it. It's going to be interesting taking pictures and video of something that I care about a whole lot. That's just for me. Yeah. I mean, I do that on occasion, but you know, at like events for the kids and stuff. But I've never seen a picture of you with a character before. I don't probably have one. Well, yeah, I do from Celebration. Oh, okay. Say, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I hope I get arrested by the First Order troopers. That'd be cool. I think if you wear a shirt with a rebel symbol on it, they'll harass you. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. I don't have any, but I'll get you one. <laughs> I'll get you one today. Well, I hope you, uh, you know, the current family stuff withstanding, I hope you have an awesome break as well. Good Christmas. Enjoy your VR headset retreat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best not to buy one over Christmas. So for those people listening, I have my VR headset in there, and I was going to spring it on Bob during this episode to see if he wanted to do some lightsaber training, uh, and he said he didn't want to, which I respect. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I know. I respect that. I respect your decision. I'm not going to press it on you, but it's really fun. Yeah. I want to do it, and now I'm going to see the little bone thing in the game. You can. It's right there. <laughs> right there. All right. Well, but from all of us to all of you out yes. there, thank you so much. Uh, Maker Alliance members, we give an extra super thanks, but anybody that listens to the show and supports what we do, uh, it flabbergasts me personally, as I'm sure it does everybody here, that we get to do this for a living and that we can provide content and a little bit of joy to you i uh, hope we help i hope we entertain i hope that we bring value to you in your life and we hope that you have a magnificent holiday season however you choose to celebrate it wherever you are in the world we appreciate you yeah well said well said um have a great holiday season thanks for this year look forward to next year and uh catch you later bye bye